Yes, people, it's episode 226. It's almost episode 227, that's how late this podcast is. It's episode 226 of Darren Griffiths Brain Dump, and it's me, Darren Griffiths, obviously. How are you doing? I'm recording this super late as I look out into my garden. I'm recording from the kitchen today, not from the, not from the, the study, um, the third bedroom. I'm doing it from the kitchen, so I'm looking at my ridiculous garden that needs to be mowed. Finally had consecutive days of sunshine, so I need to address all of that madness that's going on in there. It, the garden looks dreadful, um, so I'm going to tackle that today. That's going to be my new new endeavour, new man task that I'm going to learn. Um, but yeah, how you all been? And um, why is the pod so late? Because it is Wednesday. Um, I'm still going to label this as Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> it's Wednesday. Um, why is the pod so late? Because I have been in Portugal. I have been in Portugal. So spoiler alert, I've managed to make it back from Portugal. Now, why was I in Portugal? You may have seen on social media. I want to come clean. I was not in Portugal to be seeing the Champions League final. Um, although I have been a avid Man City fan. Uh, for all of my life and then I switched to Brentford for no particular reason on Saturday um, I I wasn't there for the Champions League final although it was very it did very well for me switching teams obviously I'm still uh, a suffering Tottenham Hotspur fan but um, but it did fit into my online bants that I support Man City um, because the final got switched to Porto and I was out there for a wedding Anyway, so that was booked way in advance of the final being switched to Porto. Um, I was looking forward to a nice, relaxing weekend in Porto, but a few of those days were ruined by football fans. Not ruined, actually. It just changes the whole vibe of the city. Because you see, what it is with English football fans is they have this thing of... Um, I think colonisation runs in the veins, in the culture. If it's not in the veins, it's definitely taught at school. It's in the culture of all... English people when they're abroad that they can't simply just be abroad and just you know just ingratiate themselves into whatever culture they're there no they have to take over if you don't understand watch this think about any scene you've seen a group of football fans in a different country yeah what's the first thing you have in your head one numbers sheer numbers they have to congregate in sheer numbers they can't just be in different bars drinking they need to all congregate together two noise and volume intimidation yeah it's just noise singing sing 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 now i know it's in, they're having a good time a lot of them are just singing having a good time but they have to increase the noise is that kind of potential of danger has to always be there they have to generate when people walk past see if they were just singing they would just sing their songs but when someone else walks past they have to make noise at them yeah they did it to uh, one of my friends who were out there. Black girl, sister, they're walking along. They were, started just shouting and singing at them. And then she just screamed, you know, I can speak English too, you know. And then it all fell back. Like, oh, oh, I didn't expect it to be English. See, so it's that intimidation. Number three, the flags marking territory. They can't just go into a cafe or a bar or a pub or a restaurant and just sit outside. No, they need to put up their flag England flag or a Man City flag or a Chelsea flag and they need to say we're here this is our territory this is our area now this is Man City now this is Manchester now this is Chelsea this is Chelsea now that's they can't just go there and have fun they need to that is their fun territorial this is our bit now we've taken over we've colonized this corner of the city we've colonized this corner of this street this is ours 
and they sang from I mean other than um, so most other days they probably started singing from about midday up until about 11pm <laughs> but final day they started singing about 9.30 in the morning um, obviously didn't sing so late because they went to the final plus we weren't in the city we went out for the wedding but um but yeah, but other than that, other than the football fans, it was okay. I mean, the the the, the flight was horrible because I went from Stansted, so obviously naturally a lot more Chelsea fans on there. And um, if you don't know, Chelsea fans generally are just a bit scummy. Uh, I say that with friends who are Chelsea fans and family members who are Chelsea fans as well. And yes, yeah, so I guess they're the exception to the rule. Um, but that's, I think... That's because um, they're the confusing types. They're the black Chelsea fans. I understand someone being black sporting Chelsea if they, you know, they're they're West African. They came here in you know the early two thousands. Yeah, of course Chelsea doing bits. They're Michael Wesley Claude McAlady, of course. Marcel Desailly, of course. Baba Yaro, of course. You're going to support Chelsea. Got all the African boys. I understand why I support Chelsea, but if you've been supporting Chelsea from long before that. I always found it very confusing, unless you're actually from West London. Again, that's that's another one. So those are your two reasons. Proximity or timing of arriving in the UK. Um, that's when you can be a black Chelsea fan. But other than that, when, when you've got those old school Chelsea fans, like those old school West Ham fans, old school Millwall. I mean, I guess, is any team really more racist than any other? No, I mean, but you do have the images conjured up in your head. And I just think, I'm just confused when I meet a black Chelsea fan. But I imagine a lot of um, people might be confused being meeting a black Tottenham fan. I know everyone seems to assume they hear my kind of southern accent, or southern England accent, and go, well, you must support Arsenal or Manchester United. <laughs> That's what they think. But um, on the flight out there, yeah, a lot of Chelsea fans. One guy was just, you can tell, he'd just been itching to get out for ages. He was singing Chelsea songs for the whole flight, banging his chair banged the chair in front of him which is the chair that the row I was on and his mate and um, he's just your typical Chelsea 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 his mate was reading a book he's like what that's that Chelsea or what and um, you know when someone's just like you know they're a bit racist even though they haven't said anything but your radar just goes yeah this guy's going to be a bit racist and then lo and behold one person was late for the flight or didn't or didn't make it to the flight and uh, the, the in-flight attendant people walking through and it's like oh is uh, let's say Greg is Greg Mason here Greg Mason and he was like oh, what who is he goes oh, well yeah look fuck it let's go we've got a cut final to get to and he goes hey and if it was and then just literally out of nowhere he goes if the name was Abdul Muhammad I'd like get him off the plane it's like where, where's that come from like he just need, he's like, mm, there was, there's nowhere for me to fit my racism in, but let me just, just get it in. Just get me to get my Islamophobia in there. Just like, what? Shut up. Um, and then he was calling his mate, uh, um, I don't even want to use the word. He used a C word. <laughs> it, just, it just seemed very extreme. It just seemed very extreme to use that because his mate spilled a drink on him. But that's what you get for drinking a bottle of vodka on the plane. And they just got progressively more and more drunk to the point and what made me laugh though, right? Even though this guy was a drunk arsehole, it's so funny how everyone reacts to see the pregnant woman. So from um, getting into the airport, get, getting the cab there, to 
this guy, drunken moron, singing, swearing, all flight. Then when he got up and he saw Naomi sat there, he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Really sorry, sorry. Sorry. He literally calmed himself down completely. But then his mate, who spoke to Naomi earlier on in the flight, nicely, um, was super drunk. He's like, oh, this is, this is, yeah, 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 you the only girl. Do me a favour. Call the Chelsea. <laughs> I was like, get out of my face. Get the hell out of my face. Um, and there's all for us. I just want Chelsea to lose. I want Chelsea to lose anyway, because obviously I was a Man City fan for the weekend. Um, but just meeting the Chelsea fans, I was like, I just want you guys to lose. But then they've won. And they, they're a fantastic team. Past 20 years, they've won... Uh, I think 20 trophies, 20 trophies in 20 years. I think they've won more than any other team in that period um, in England. So, hey, hats off to them. Well done to them. Um, what else has happened? Um, see, obviously, yeah, going to Portugal, completely forgot how to do air travel. I don't know how to do it anymore. Um, we, I, I knew in my head that you need to get to the airport two hours before. That's always been my standard rule, two hours before the flight takes off. Um, which gave us ample time when we was there. So much time, we just sat down, got there, looked at the the, the board, the departure board, and it said, "Hey, you're uh, Ryanair flight, blah 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 to the Porto uh, gate information. Relax. That was the information instruction. Relax. So we're all cool. Let's go get something to eat. Sat down, eating that. Then we said, oh, should we just? So imagine our flight is at." Um, can't remember what time our flight was, but we we had about ooh, fifty minutes until depart to the you know departure, and then we look at the board and um, realize it says boarding. And we're like, oh, okay, boarding, interesting. Well, let's get up and get a drink from you know Dub Great Smiths, get some chocolate, whatever, a magazine. Then as we come out of Dub Great Smiths, it doesn't say boarding anymore. It says final call. Like, hey, when did this happen? And I completely forgot that gate shut 30 minutes before takeoff. <laughs> I haven't travelled for so long. And then, obviously, with airports, you think you're at the airport, therefore you can't be late. You forget how far away these gates are from the terminal. And then the little checks you need to do before you get on. And then there's the added checks of checking your bloody passport, your passenger locator form, your... Uh, your bloody COVID negative certificate. Now, let's get on to these. We paid, uh, I think, £70 for this test, self-test at home. So this I'm talking about, the idea of how strict this COVID stuff is. On paper, it sounds very strict, but in practice, not very. You have to do a home test, send it off. There's no verification who took the test. Now, I honestly did take my test. There's no one who took hers. But there's no verification of who took the test. So let's say if I've got COVID, I've done a lateral flow, realise I've got COVID, but hey, I don't feel bad and I want to go on holiday. I could easily just pass it to someone else to take the test. Fuck it, I can get my wife to take two. There you go, you take two, send them off as two separate samples, boom, send them off. You get your certificate back. This certificate is just a little A4 PDF thing that you could take out of PDF. All you need... Like if you if you work in the office, most people have a PDF converter, so you could take it out a PDF, change the details. Even if it said negative, even if it said positive, you could change it to negative. Now I've seen what a negative one looks like. I probably could knock one up myself. Not even joking, probably could. Yeah, and then you get to the airport, 
And you think in your head, oh, there's probably like, and because why they tell you on the website is like you need to get it from an accredited, uh, here's a list of accredited labs who do who do the test, and it needs to be from one of these ones, and it needs to be verified, it needs to have this code number and this barcode, and it has the, the time you took the test, that it has all of that, fine. But when you get to the airport, I'm thinking, right, they've got a list there of accredited um, companies who do it. No, it's just, you know, it's just Jimmy Flight Attendant. Yeah, Sarah Stewardess, she's just there, just like, oh, have you got your certificate? Look at it, they go, uh, okay. That's it. They look at it, just look for the word, exactly, look for the word negative. They didn't even look at my passport to match it against the certificate. They just went, you got a certificate? Yep. Yeah. They don't even know if my name's Darren. They just go, oh, okay, cool. Go through. The only thing they seemed most concerned with was Naomi being pregnant. It's like, oh, are you pregnant? She's like, yeah. Is that, have you got a letter from your doctor? It's like, yes. That's it. You get through, you get to Portugal. Be fair, Portugal felt like they actually checked it when we arrived in Portugal. So maybe that's what it was. Because when we arrived in Portugal, my man scanned the passenger locator form. He had to look at the certificate. But again, he's just looking at it. Looked at the certificate and then waved us through. Um, then we had to get, um, then you have to get a COVID test while you're there. So, um, so you can come back. You can return to the country. Um, that one, again, that was arranged by the wedding party, by the, so much appreciated. I don't, I'm not sure how I would have done that without them. But again, that was done by a doctor. So that felt more controlled. The doctor did that test. It was, I didn't do it myself. But still, the certificate came. And um, it wasn't really checked very stringently. I, I don't know how, you know, they would know in, in the UK which which person in Portugal could do the test properly, but they did it. But it's done. And then we have to show you've got your day two test booked, which is on its way today, which I need to take. And then I was thinking like, all this testing and stuff, it's bollocks. Like, look at all this certificate I got through. It's nothing. It's, it's rubbish. And then it clocked with my attitude and my what I've deemed important, I've got it all wrong. You see, because I'm taking all these tests going, oh, it's such a pain in the ass doing all this bureaucracy to get from one country to another. And I'm completely ignoring the fact that I'm doing these tests to find out whether I've got flipping COVID. <laughs> it hasn't even crossed my mind. I'm so arrogant. It hasn't even crossed my mind that I could potentially have COVID. No. All I'm thinking about is how annoying it is I need to pay for these certificates. Like, really, what I should be thinking is, I hope I don't have COVID. Let me take this test. Let me follow all their guidelines so I definitely know I haven't got COVID. And wow, I haven't got it. I'm so thankful I can now you know, carry on with my life because I'm not, I haven't got a, a bloody virus that I don't know how it's going to affect my body. No, nope. my brain processed it as I need to get this certificate so I can go home. I need to get this certificate so I can go on holiday. And that's it. Um, I swear, I'm pretty sure a lot of people would have just forged certificates. So although I had some confidence, like when I was at the wedding, I felt like everyone at the wedding had got real certificates, but I just didn't believe Chelsea fans for that arranged, that, that organised, that they had real certificates. I feel like they frauded all of that. Definitely. I'm almost certain that's what happened. But yeah, the people who go on the holiday, it's very easy to get these certificates. Right? All you have to do is make sure they're in English. English, French or Spanish. Which is ridiculous, right? You're in bloody Portugal and it's like, yeah, it needs to be my language though, mate. Cheers. Because um, it's not like you can't work out what negativo means. Um, but yeah. <laughs>
But seriously though, forgotten how to travel. I think just the added thing of that, of the, all the tech, of the checks as well, it just, I'm used to just rocking up, boarding pass, passport. That's all I need in my pocket. And say, have you got this certificate? Threw me off my game. When we arrived in Porto, I arranged a transfer um, from the airport to the hotel, which I always do because I just think it's just the easiest thing um, just to ensure you get to your destination. Like if you find out that Ubers are cheaper, fine, you, you work that out. But I just like to book a transfer. So I got, as soon as I land, I get the text message from them say, you know, we're meeting at this meeting point. I'll get a phone call to say, look, we're going to be at the meeting point in one minute. I was like, cool, I'll be there. And from the message, it said it was Antonio picking me up. So the cab comes, he opens the thing and I go, oh, you all right? I go, you Antonio? He goes, yes, yes, Antonio. And so I'll try to show him my little invoice thing. He's like, I don't need to see that. I don't need to see that, mate. What's that? I don't need to see that. Get in the car. I'm like, all right, sure, get in. And then about 10 minutes into the journey, my phone rings and they're going, where are you? I'm like, what do you mean, where am I? Like, where are you? So I'm in the car that you sent. And they're like, no, driver's at the meeting point. And I was like, mm, well, that wasn't a minute. You've rang me 10 minutes after. So, you know, maybe I've got this wrong, but I got into the car with Antonio because that's the name of the driver you told me. So now I've gone to Antonio. I've gone, uh, Antonio, are you, are you from this company? And he's gone, what's that? No, no, I'm not. not I'm not from that company. I was like, what, what, where are you from? He goes, Uber. I'm like, oh. And he looks at me and goes, are you Olier? Uh, Olier is Oli, <laughs> by the way. He goes, are you Olier? I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not Olier. He's like, oh, wow. He's like, wow. Um, okay. He goes, wait a minute. Let me just call Olier. And then he's like, and he calls Ollie. Ollie's like, yeah, no, I'm in a different Uber. And he's just like, oh. He's like, right. So, we're, so we're just all laughing in the car. But I'm, I'm laughing. <laughs> right, I'm happy that you're not a kidnapper. But <laughs> you need to take me to my hotel, though, not Ollie's. So he... Uh, <laughs> but he was really cool, Antonio. Because I go, oh, I checked if your name's Antonio. And he goes, Antonio's a very popular name. And I thought... It is really, isn't it? It's like he's just got into a cab in London and go, your name's Tony? And he's like, yeah, of course your name's Tony. You're a cab driver in London. So, um, so yeah, so I, he changed his route. It's all very fun. Did we have to pay? No, Ollie paid for us to get there. So the way it worked out is I paid for a transfer that I didn't use. And then Ollie paid for my cab that I used. And then Ollie had to pay for another cab. So it's Ollie who's out of pocket, um, not me. So that's all right. <laughs> but no man I completely forgot how to travel but it's, it's so far it's, well, one thing I've noticed about uh, Brits or certain people my wife's one of them is they, it's this whole weather chat right so as soon as I told people I was going away what's the first thing they tell me they go what's the weather like in Portugal I'm like oh it's going to be this and this I think and they go oh because it's going to be really hot in England you know I'm like, why do people always announce what the weather's going to be like in places you're not like, why am I? Why do they do it? Like, what? Am I meant to be jealous? Am I meant to go, oh, cancel my holiday, I'm staying in England? Like, what, what am I meant to do with that information? When you come back from a holiday, how's the weather? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was pretty nice. It was really nice here as well, you know? It's like, what are you boasting about? You know what I mean? Did you make the weather? It's not your weather. You know what I mean? You just happened to be somewhere where the weather happened. Like, every time I go away, the weather's nice in England. Do I care? No, because I don't want to be in England. I'm going away on holiday. My wife, she's such a hater. 
she wanted the weather to be shit here because we were somewhere else. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, if, why does it bother you? She goes, I don't know. She goes, I don't know why, but it does annoy me that the weather's good and I'm not there. I was like, what, you, you need to be everywhere where the weather's good because I'll let you know. When the weather's crap in England, it's probably really nice in like India. But guess what? They've got super COVID outbreak going on right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what, with this kind of entitlement to be where the weather is, wherever the sun's beating the hottest, that's what I should be. Like, no, no, that's not how it works. That's, that's not how the weather works. That's not how the world works. So stop feeling entitled to hot weather and stop boasting about weather where you are because you didn't make it. You didn't contribute to it. You know what I mean? What, what are you boasting about? I don't know. But um, yeah, but other than that, Portugal's lovely. Wedding was great. It's always great to be at a destination wedding. Uh, got no comments about the wedding, really, except for just had a really good time. So much bloody food. Um, I drank for the first time since December 2019. Had my first drink. And um, yeah, that was fun. But what made me realise is I haven't really missed drinking as much as I thought I did. Uh, Naomi theorised that maybe I would have had more fun if I was there with like, my mates and stuff. Um, but I, I thought what would happen is I would have a drink and it would be like activate something in my head where I'd be like, I need to carry on doing this all the time. Um, but no, all that happened was uh, I drank quite moderately. And then I kept on drinking waters in between. And I was like, I am. I can take this and leave this drink, really. I fancy something different. And so, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe I need that vibe of just, you know, just getting battered with friends. Then we'll see. But I know, but it's really fun to get back to it, though. It was fun to get back to it, but, yeah, I think it would have been a different... Maybe it been a different vibe if I was drinking with my friends, but I just didn't... Although it's fun, it didn't feel like... Yeah, it's a time. I guess I might have built up in my head that would be this kind of fun moment. This super magical moment of having a drink again. <laughs> I could have missed. It. I could have literally gone the whole weekend without touching a drop. To be fair, when I wasn't at wedding events, I didn't didn't have a drink. Whereas when we sat down at meals, she was like, "Oh, you're not gonna have a glass of wine by the by the sea." And I was like, "Nah." And she's like, "I'm so annoyed because I would." Like she struggled not drinking more. <laughs> but I've done it for longer. I'm not drinking for longer, so it was easy for me. Um. But yeah, here's one thing though. We wasn't sure if we suffered um, a bit of a racism. Strange moment happened. We went to a restaurant. Um, and the first guy who spoke to us was, uh, was I guess, a, a white man. But Portuguese, so off-white. Shout out Virgil. Uh, he, he, so he was the first person to speak to us when we got to the door of the restaurant. And he was like, oh, uh, he just like, started speaking Portuguese. And I went, oh, he heard me speak English, so he spoke English to me. I said, I'll just table for two, please. He said, oh, okay, um, yeah, I'll, I'll just get my colleague. And I said, okay, get your colleague, fine. Then I thought, I thought nothing of it. I thought nothing of it. You don't get your colleague because they might, you might just be, you know, cleaning tables and waiting, but you're not going to show people where they sit. I know that works in restaurants. So the next guy comes is a black guy. So I'm like, right, so he's going to show us the table. So he, but he asked us questions. Okay, so what is it that you guys want? I was like, what do you mean, what is it that we want? Like, wait, did this guy, did the first guy just act like he couldn't understand us because we were black? So you send the black guy out. And I thought, no, Darren, that's ridiculous. That, that can't be the case. 
But then when I realised the black guy spoke less English than the first guy. <laughs> then he's like, oh, um, so we just need a table for two, please. He goes, oh, okay. Even he looked a bit like confused. Oh, I'll go get my colleague. And then he went and gets, got someone else. And then someone else showed us to a table. And then granted, it was the black guy who was serving us. Um, but still, it kind of felt like he was put onto us because we were black. And I don't usually ever feel that vibe of I'm being treated uh, X way because I'm black. But that in that moment, because both me and my wife were, did this, this ever just happen there? Because it just seems so confused and unnatural that there's like, it was like the guy spoke to us and went, nah, this is all too black for me. And he just goes, I'm going to get the black guy. And then the black guy spoke to us. He was like, I don't know what's happening. You all right? Hi. Recording my pod. You're on the pod now. Hello. I was talking about the restaurant. Which one? The one where we don't know if a racism happened or not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, we can't... There's no point in dwelling on it because we don't know. No, but I was just, it was just such a unnatural sequence of events where... It, where he's, yeah, it was like the guy was like this, you're speaking in black and I don't understand you, <laughs> so I'm going to get the other black and then... It's, I would have thought it was suspicious if the other black guy did have better English or was the manager or knew what was going on. But the fact that he came out and it just seemed as confused as the first guy. Yeah, even more so. Yeah. And then called someone else. I was like, it, uh, the only other thing it could have been is, is um, oh, I'm not seating people at the moment. Oh, he's probably seating people. Yeah. No, I'm not seating people because I've already got five tables. Okay, I'll call them. It could have been something yeah, like that. Yeah, it could have been just that. It could have been that. Um, but then we saw the other couple. Did we mention the other couple? Other couple. They were sat more towards the beach, and then they called the black guy out again. Yeah, actually, no, I didn't mention that. Yeah, so then there was such... <laughs> yeah, so then there was a black couple that weren't even in the beach, even in the in, in the restaurant. They're like on the kind of promenade bit, but it's just like outside the restaurant. And I think, I think that like one of the waiting staff looked out, saw them. And they were like a black couple. And then they kind of just got the black guy and sent the black guy out towards them. And I don't... It isn't like he embraced them, like they were friends or anything. He just kind of spoke to them and then they... I'm not sure if they even moved on. He just came back. And I was like, I'm so confused. I thought maybe they are friends. Because, again, that's the only non-racist explanation of what happened was they've seen them and gone, that's his friends, go talk to them. Your friends waiting outside. Oh, they might want to talk to you. But the way it looked was just like there's black people outside the restaurant. Could you go and fix that? <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm not sure because then another the thing about it, other than obviously the people at the wedding who were part of the wedding party because it was a it was a black wedding, Nigerian Ibo wedding. Um, the only other black person I spoke to was a, a bloody street seller selling, you know, trinkets and bracelets and stuff. And he, he gave us free bracelets. Now, I was confused by being given a free bracelet because I know what this used, how this goes down. I know the script. The script is, you say you like me. You ask me where I'm from. You ask me where my wife's from. You, you compliment us. Uh, you say that we're black. You're black. We're brothers and sisters and we all should get along and it's lovely. And stuff, and he did all of this, and 
you know, she says about racism in Portugal. It's like, yeah, because everyone's racist here and doesn't like me being here. But you, I like you guys because you're like me. And I said, okay. And then he gave us the bracelets. He put the bracelets on. We know this is when he goes, okay, it's have you got anything for me? It's this many euros, but have you got anything for me? And all through that, my wife was going, we don't have any money. Like, thank you, the bracelet's very nice, but we just don't have the money. We don't have any money. We don't have any. No money. We don't have any money. And then he was like, no, 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 no money. Don't, don't worry. He goes, really, no money. It's just, it's just, I saw you two together and I just wanted to give you this bracelet. I was like, oh, thanks. And now while I'm telling this story, I feel bad that the bracelets, we just left them in the hotel room. I feel like an arsehole. That we left the bracelets. Yeah, well, it's just going to be called clutter. Yeah, but he gave about the kindness of his heart. I know. You don't, you very rarely get a street seller just give you something for free. I thought it was, he was trying to pull it on us and then we have to pay I the money for it. I think he was. I think that was the intention. No, but usually they just take it off you, innit? Yeah, that's true. Anytime I've had that, it's like, yeah. That's true. Or, or they just harass you and they don't let... Because we were trapped. We yeah. sat at the table. So he could be like, well, give me something. Just something. Buy me a drink. Buy me a can of Coke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. But he was, he was fully... Not, and then when he saw us later on, he gave us a wave. Aww. I don't know why I didn't take the bracelet. I didn't even hate it. <laughs> oh, I hated it. Ah, there you I go. I hate it for you too. Oh, there you go. That's why I didn't have it. But, um... <laughs> All right, cool. But yeah, that's that was um, that's the Portugal trip. Um, is there anything that you want to talk about about Portugal? Mm. I've spoken about how rubbish the the certificates are. Yeah, so bad. That you could just fraud, you forge them if you wanted. Um, yeah, it's it interested me that there were less restrictions, but everybody wears a mask even outside. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's that's one. Yeah, so in Portugal, when you're out on the street, everyone's got a mask. And I, I realised that, that, that that's a vital time to not be wearing a mask, like just to get fresh air and yeah. just be able to breathe. Just, just walk around wearing... It's just difficult. I, I understand when people bitch about wearing a mask if they have to wear it all the time. But in the UK, you don't. You're on the street, take your mask off, and as soon as you go into a building, you put it on. Yeah. Whereas in Portugal, it's on, 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 until you're sat down eating or drinking. But then there didn't seem to be any restrictions on group numbers, yeah. sizes. The wedding, think about it. Yeah, wedding, everyone had the mask off. Um, but all the staff obviously had their mask on still. Um, yeah. No, that, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's just, that was, that was a bit odd. Even people, uh, sunbathing, sunbathing was the other time as well. They don't have to wear a mask. Not that we got to do any sunbathing. <laughs> guess, um, <laughs> guess they don't want people to have tan lines on their face. But, yeah, but it was good though. It was good to get away. Um, it'll be the last time we're going to get away for a while. Yeah. So, yeah. But, um, okay, but now I was going to talk about Naomi Osaka, but I thought I'll leave that to the next next episode so I actually have something to talk about because obviously I'm going to have to be trying to make a pod from, from stuff that's happened from Wednesday to uh. Saturday. So, <laughs> so I won't use any of that stuff. So let's get on to Dear Deirdre and see what is happening. Nice. 
Perfect. Now we could get involved in this one. Okay. Dear Deirdre, my husband cheated on me with a man just after I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> Bye, husband. Um, dear Deirdre, just after I found out I was pregnant with our first child, my husband cheated on me with a man. He's 39, I'm 35. We've always longed for a baby, but I began to think it would never happen. Uh, probably because he kept on doing you in the bum. No, um... Anyway, so when I learned I was expecting, I couldn't wait to tell my family and friends. My husband came in from work a week ago looking dreadful. I thought somebody had died, but he told me to sit down. He said he cheated on me and he was so, so sorry. I thought it was some girl at work, but then he went on to explain it was a gay guy from our village. Oh, wow. Village? Um, yeah, that means that she, the gay from the village, so the one gay guy. Um, they are friends. He said it happened when we'd had an argument about whether I, I could go, I could give up work for good. And he stormed out. He met his friend in the local, drowned his sorrows, and then they went back to his place and had sex. Jesus. So this guy, this guy's, you know, the husband's clearly bisexual at least. He's gay. <laughs> I... I, that, I don't edit the part. <laughs> I knew my husband. Uh, I knew my husband had been with men before. Well, there's so uh, there you go. But I thought that was in the past. He always said his gay things were simply a bit of curiosity. Um, I was devastated. Uh, I got. He got on his knees and told me he loved me and said he didn't want this blip to change things. But there was something else too. He's caught chlamydia. Oh, oh, my God. So now I might have it too. And you're pregnant. What? This is just a shambles. Uh, he didn't even use protection. Because uh, he's a man. He's a thought no one's going to get pregnant. Ew. <laughs> That's terrible. Oh, dear. I don't want to talk about these things in public. So right. just, you're really not happy on here. All right, so you're not... You're, you're not I can't talk to my family about this as it's so humiliating. He says he loves me and I don't doubt it. Uh, but am I enough for him? Uh, now everyone knows about the pregnancy. How can I terminate it and leave him? Well, you don't need to terminate it. You can keep just your child and just leave him in it. Like, and yeah, I think that's... If you've been waiting for a child for this long, why do you then terminate the child? Some people only want children with... That person. Yeah. Or with a person. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, th- that might change her perspective of what he's going to be like as a dad. So she may not want a kid with him anymore. But, um, yeah, it's mad. It's mad. But, I mean, yeah, it's one of those weird ones, right? Like, I think a lot of people would assume that if someone has, you know, a kind of, what's the word? A past that's been on the spectrum, uh, on the rainbow spectrum. That that means that they just constantly run around on the spectrum. So if they're bisexual, they've had ex- say it's a guy like him, and he's had flings with guys. Um, that that means there's always a risk he's going to have more flings with guys. I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, if someone's a faithful person, they're a faithful person. If they're not, then they're not. But um, but I guess, I don't know, there is something, though, that you can rationalise that, you know, if your guy just likes women and you've got a woman, then it's like, you, it's, you can say all women are the same, so I don't 
need to go anywhere else. Even if you say it in the most misogynistic way, like all women are annoying or whatever, so why would I have another woman that's double the annoyance? Even if you approach it like that. But I think if you like men and women and you're just with one, there's got to be a thing of, mm, but they're not the other thing. So I don't know. No man, but yeah, that's used to keep your kids, uh, leave your husband. Uh, that's it. Um, right. I see. Smells catfishy. I've fallen for a Russian woman I met online, but is it a scam? Short answer: Yes. Uh, dear Deirdre, I've met a Russian woman online, and the romantic in me says yes, come over and visit me. But the pessimist in me knows this could be a scam. First question: How much money have you had to send? this person if you haven't had to send any money then it that decreases the likelihood it's a scam but something tells me this person's gonna have parted with near thousands of pounds so let's see well we've been chatting for the past two months i have developed feelings for her but i'm wary um i am 38 year old man i have never had much luck with women so i thought i'd try an international dating website wrong um this girl came online and we clicked. She's 29 and she's fed up with Russian men and in an ideal world would fly over to meet me. She sounds genuine, but I've heard of scams like this. She hasn't asked me for money yet. Um, I think it would be best a video call to get to know her better. But I, how do I go about doing that? You ask her the video call. See, this is what I understand. Some people's dilemmas, it's just like, well, how have you ended up in this situation? Like, it's, that's not even a situation. You just tell the person, yeah, let's video call. So you could see that I'm a real person. You can even do that. Pretend that it's for their benefit. Just so you know that I'm not scamming you. And I'm not some axe murderer in some English village. Here you go. Here's my face. Then they'll say, no, I believe you. Don't worry. Yeah, and they go, no, no, no. Well, let's let's do it. I want, I want to see your face. I mean, most people would be like, yeah, sure. This is an international dating site. I'm not going to fly over to a country. You're not a real person either. The moment, yeah, the moment she doesn't want to put a video on, then you just cut your losses. Cut your losses. And that's it. Um, right. Next one. Last one. Uh, ooh. That's harsh. My daughter has no friends, no job, and spends all her time in bed. Yeah, uh, dear my daughter spends her days in bed hoping she'll rot away and die. I am terrified for her. Though she's tw now 23, she's been this way since she was a teenager. Uh, she had an eating disorder back then and phobias of everything. I'm her mum and 50. Even now, my youngest still eats hardly anything and can't swallow pills. Oh, jeez, this just sounds depressing. She has no friends, no job. She left school as soon as she could, doesn't wash and rarely comes out of her bedroom. My eldest daughter is a nurse and thinks my youngest could have skin cancer from a mould. What? What's that? Oh, sorry, the pod's been disrupted because there's a spider. Uh, where? Where is it? You have to move the box. Where? It was there. There's... You sure? Big spider, small spider? Medium. Oh, well, I can't see anything. Okay. Sure, it's not under this box, won't it? down the side. Oh. Well, if you see it again, let me know. Okay, then.
Stay oh, there it is. Finally, you're sorry. <laughs> Why just leave? Leave, leave the room. Sure, why that's gone. What? No, it's not there anymore. It's, it's oh, dead, but I, I can't. It's gone under. No, I can't. It's done. No, I literally I, I hit it once, and hit it twice, and then disappeared. So, as I'm hitting it, no, it ran away. No, so I'm not sure if it's balled up somewhere, and now I can't. Is that it? That might be it, but oh, see, I can't. Um, right, so that that is some top content for the pot. <laughs> well, that's it. It doesn't seem like it. No, that's not it. I don't know how that's happened. Because I just... It wasn't even small. Huh? I'm not sure if it was a spider. What? I'm not sure if it was a spider. Yes, it was. It's definitely a spider. I knew I didn't like this house. All right. Well, anyway, I think that's uh, I think that's the end of the pod. Um, we're going to sell the house now because there was a spider in the house. So, wife doesn't like it anymore. But uh, join <laughs> join me next week, where I'll be talking about Naomi Osaka and uh, and her not wanting to do press. And the public's react, the press, uh, the tennis, tennis world's reaction to that. Anyway, that's the end of the pod. Um, guess yeah. If you um, if you want to see me perform, I'm performing four times this weekend. Uh, on Friday, twice on Saturday, and on Sunday. Um, yeah, that's it. All right, people. Peace. <laughs>